All right, so welcome to another episode of... Oh, no, I'm just playing. Welcome to another episode of the Sawdust Nation podcast uh, with your hosts, with the most. It's going to be myself, Nick from MPG Creations, Nap from Nap's Naughty Works, and the OG woodworker himself, Josh from North Country Creations Woodworks. No, North Country Woodwork. LLC. Close enough. LLC. <laughs> oh, he is LLC. established now. <laughs> Gotta put some respect on it. Good Gotta stuff. put some respect on it. That's right. So, ladies, Damn right. ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is episode number nine zero. That's ninety. So uh, that means ten more episodes to a hundred. Can't wait. Can't wait. Anyhow, and not only that, with it being ninetieth episode, we start releasing stuff on the on the old IG page. I've been I've been releasing stuff a lot lately. It's just been stressful around here, so. <laughs> I was like, where are we going with this? Oh no, he he went there. All right, no, so in. anyway, what's going on in your shop, guys? I know I know it's been a week since we've seen each other. Oh, I want to hear about Josh's woes first. Josh, tell yeah. us about your oh, tell us about yeah. your woes. Poor guy. Cue the violin. Cue the violin. You see this? You see this right <laughs> here? It's the world's smallest violin. This week. This week has been something else. Um it started last weekend. I went in the shop and you know, it's one of those days where you walk in the shop and you're like I'm going to get some stuff done. So you get everything started, um, start, you know, messing with things. I had a little extra time. So I was going to start doing some maintenance of some of the tools that I've been neglecting. A lesson for you, if you've been neglecting a tool and it's working fine, don't touch it. Just don't touch it. Because (laughs) (laughs) so uh, I had the CNC going and it seemed to be working fine. It was doing this detail pass and I'm like, okay, that's going. I might as well get some other stuff done. So I had the drum sander going. I'm sorry. And uh I don't mean to interrupt, but I do want to play this while you're telling this story, if that's okay with you. Okay. Go ahead. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead. In a wood shop far, far away. I went to the I went to the drum sander and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, sand some of the stuff down. And the belt was pulling to the left. And I'm like, you know, it's about time I sat down and just fix this real quick. It's just a screw. I can adjust it and go on with my day. Well, I did that and the bolt just flipped out of the uh, carriage. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't look good. Um, maybe it was, you know, the spring or something. No, it was a break a bracket that broke and the bolt literally bent like at a 45 degree angle. Um, I have no idea if it was like that or how long it was like that, but uh, now I'm looking for a part that uh, on a machine that no longer gets made. So I'm looking at jet parts and everything else to uh, try to replace that. Um, even if I get someone to weld that back together, something. Um, but yeah, so it's one of my most used tools is down. Okay, moving on. I have other means to do this. Um, so I took the planer out. I was going to take a little fine layer off. Um, that way it can sand less. And, you know, something told me I should check the planer. You know, just run her scrap piece through and see how she does. It's been a while. I did, and it looked like, I don't know, it was all shredded up. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, let's check the blades. Oh, the blades. I must have ran through screws last time I used this thing because the blades were that dented and bent and nasty. You have the DeWalt so, 735, right? I got the older one, so the 734, I think. Oh, well, or something it's, close. it's still the one with the blower on the back. No, uh, yeah, it's the one. It's a it's a lunchbox one. Uh, let me look. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like the square, 
Yeah, it's an older version of the uh, the one that most people have. Um, anywho, uh, the blades need to be replaced, so I ordered them on Amazon. Uh, they should have been here today, but the uh, USPS decided that uh, it was undeliverable, even though the door was wide open, the mailbox was empty, and uh, and it was like six o'clock when they said they couldn't deliver it at ten thirty. So, kind of funny how that works, time travel. Um, so moving forward, I'm like, okay, well, I could always use the CNC when it's done doing the like nine hour job that it was trying to perform, right? Well, I look over at that and it's air carving, just playing air guitar over there, air carving away. And I'm like, well, gee whiz, Batman, what did I mess up this time? So I go through and I troubleshoot. I talk to Nick. I talk to Nap. I talk, I put it on uh, IG saying, hey, have you seen this before? What are your Help. thoughts? Help. Pretty much. I check connections. I tighten things. I made sure the wires were good. I took wires out, put wires in. Um, the only thing I couldn't do was swap the motors and change out the wires. And uh, so I reached out to Inventables, and they're supposed to be helping me tomorrow after I check literally everything, including the G-code. Um, they want me to send pictures and videos and they want me to uh, reaccomplish the carve and send the data from that um, for the pictures and videos I said I charge extra but they didn't mind um, but long story short hopefully I'll get an answer tomorrow uh, being Wednesday here uh, so get that up and running now granted I can do V carves um, the problem is actually the amount of Z steps that occurs during a carve so if I do a roughing pass, which, you know, for the most part doesn't step a lot, it's fine. If I do a detailed pass where it doesn't have to step a lot, it's fine. If I do a very detailed uh, V-carve or carve in general like that, where it has to Z-step quite often, it slowly climbs it to the point it does eventually air carve. So if I could portion out the carve in such a way where it'll actually accomplish what it needs to accomplish, but it takes a lot of time and a lot of restarting and like triples the amount of effort and time it takes on my side to accomplish one carve, which is very unfortunate because, well, we get a CNC to help speed up production, not halt it. So um, with the 30 by 30 sign, it is complete. I need to go back and clean it up with some chisel, sandpaper, etc. because of that issue. Um, so it's going to take me a little bit longer to complete, but it's definitely on its way. Um, there's no chance of me putting it back on the CNC and letting it clean it up because um, of the positioning. It was very precise. I had to uh, air carve a little bit beforehand, make sure it would fit and not overstep. And then on top of that, um, I did it from the center and the center has been carved out. So. Um, that's not going to happen. It's going to be all manual work from here, but you know, that's okay. I'm a woodworker. I'll suck it up and deal with it. Um, so going past all the woes of the shop, I did, uh, get a kind of board out the door. I did get, um, some projects delivered. Um, I also, uh, continue working on two challenge coin holders. I got a shadow box, Marine shadow box, uh, Chevron I'll be doing, um, I, I have another mallet order, and I got some big news. Um, Army NCOA here is going to be working with myself to do a whole uh, slew of projects uh, in their in their building. 
um, I went over there and took a walk around measuring and then kind of seeing what they wanted. They sent me a very detailed email and I'll be giving estimates out here shortly for those jobs. And those jobs are kind of unique in the fact that it's not just about woodworking. It would be about just um, some installation of some uh, materials and a little bit of woodworking involved, but I'm also going to have to hire out a little bit to do some metal work uh, to get some brackets, custom brackets done. So uh, once I get the details on all that and the go ahead, I'll get into a little bit more. Just know that the shop will be uh, turning army for a while. Um, and that all stemmed from just donating uh, 100 coins to a Dutch march that's happening here uh, in the beginning of, of this next month. A Dutch march? Um, yep. Um, they're going to be doing a march that consists of, I think, 18 miles um, you have to do it in a certain amount of time with a tw 25 pound pack. Uh, they'll be doing uh, cans and uh, perishables, non-perishables, so they can donate it at the end for the packs. And then um, depending on your age group, you have to do it in a certain amount of time. So like if you're 30, you have to do it in four hours and so on and so forth. If you finish in time, you get to wear a uh, pin on your uniform. Uh, authorized and if you do it uh, more than a certain amount of times you get a first time you get like um like a bronze second time is like uh, silver or third time there's like a certain number range and then six plus times you get a gold pin um it's a pretty cool event and uh, they turn it into uh, a great way to donate to uh, the charity around here so i Long story short, they hired someone else to do the coins and they didn't turn out very good at all. And they got a hold of me. Um, I told them they should have got a hold of me first. And I donate, I'm donating those coins to them. Um, a good faith that they would give me other jobs. And the next day they took me into the NCOA and gave me like seven. So um, sometimes giving a little bit pays off dividends in the end. Um, other than that, um, doing pretty good in the shop. Shop's kind of cleaned up, especially with all those toolboxes. Um, it's nice because like, it's not cluttered like it was. I don't have that issue anymore. Um, and you know, I, I contribute that to or the organization with the toolboxes. I know where my stuff is. I'm not searching for it. I'm not worried about leaving stuff out because when I do, it's easy to clean up, easy to move everything with the casters. I'm very happy with the progression of how everything has gone. Um, the only other upgrade I was thinking about doing is adding um, um, that black film to the top of my outfeed table toolbox. I forget what it's called at the top of my head. Um, it's the same thing you guys got in your workbenches for your outfeed. Um, you can get it on Amazon, and basically it's glue-resistant uh, and all that. You can scrape it right off. Um, flaking on the name, but if I think of it, I'll mention it later. Um, but I did it before on another toolbox in a work rate. So I'll be doing that just to make it so it's a little bit more durable. Um, and then lastly, I'm doing a project for the house, which is unheard of, right? So I'll be doing a, uh, a desk for my son. Uh, there is a beautiful piece of oak that I got a hold of. Um, we did a live, I don't know, a couple of nights back. I've showed it a couple of times. Um, I've, I know in a couple of lives I've showed it, but, uh, Definitely in some of my stories has been seen, but basically uh, I'm going to fill the crack with some uh, really deep color blue 
and uh, epoxy. And it's going to be a foldable desk inside uh, my son's room. So when he's not using it, it'll fold down. When he's using it, it props up. And uh, hopefully he's going to enjoy that little workspace. Um, but I can't wait to complete that. I'm just kind of cleaning up the gap right now, making it so I can sand it down, clean it up. And then uh, I'll be pouring the epoxy hopefully sometime this week if I get it in the shop and able to do that. But uh, that's it for me. A lot going on. A uh, lot to be fixed, but uh, taking one thing at a time. Like I said, the blades for the, the planers coming in should be this week. And then uh, the part, I'm still on the lookout. And the CNC, I have no idea. Hopefully, uh, they send me a fix that works tomorrow, and I'm going to be uh, good to go. But that wraps up my shop. Let's go ahead and toss it to Nap. What's going on, man? Well... As you were talking about your shop woes, and you know, I was thinking about you the entire time while I was in my shop today. Um, as I was getting ready to get on the podcast, my so my air compressor's not dead. So I ran out there. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the typical maintainer thing, and I'm going to plug it into something else and see if it works. Sure enough, the air compressor works. So, so it's the a power switch, supply. Yes, Nick. It is maybe the power supply, but it also could be the power switch. So what I found on these lasers and really just anything in general, um, when I had the limit switch issue, it was dim red, which means it was bad, What was what I come to find out. So the switch itself is dim red, which means that switch might be done. So what that means is I got to replace the switch, but until then, it means I can plug it into another outlet that's across my garage with an extension cord and run it as advertised for the time being. So that'll work for now. Um, but holy crap. Nick, you're like, yeah, it's been a week since we've seen each other last, but I've gotten more jobs in the past week than I've probably gotten in a while. And I've completed quite a few jobs in that amount of time. So you all saw on Instagram, I finished that uh, Master Sergeant Chevron Cherry and Walnut Shadow Box, uh, which went together fairly easily, considering. Uh, I think I spent about 30 minutes to sit to an hour uh, trying to figure out angles to uh, frame the flag area, but still make it, I don't know, proportionate, but not be obnoxious. Uh, I've been figuring it out uh, to make it to where it works for me because I wanted to make it look like a house. I had a, I have a weird thing about making a 45-degree angle and then having it on a ledge. It was just, I don't know, easier for me to do and easier for me to cut the backer. Uh, so I did that. That was out the door yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. And then in that time, I acquired a senior master sergeant shadow box, a staff sergeant going away shadow box, a colonel senior airman shadow box. Those two are due in April, or one's due in April, two are due in April, one's due next week, Tuesday, uh, which I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to design it today so that way I can just get right in the garage and go. What's up, Josh? I'm curious on how you're going to do the E and O shadow box. Is it going to be a mashup? Is it going to be like uh, a lower and upper? Is it going to be a side-to-side? -side? So it's going to be a mashup. Uh, I sent Nick a, a concept idea, and he said it looks stupid because yeah, the one sorry. I showed up. I'm not trying to be dumb. I'm not trying no. to be <laughs> No, but listen, I wanted the feedback. That's why I asked him because I wanted the feedback from him. Now, mind you, I found a better one because the one I showed him, it was kind of rinky-dink compared to the one that I, I'm going to make. Um, essentially, it's the larger oak leaf, Nick. So it was the second one I sent you. It was a much larger oak leaf cutout on the bottom with the whole senior airman stripe deal. I'm probably going to alter it a little bit, though. I might make the actual shadow box oak leaf shaped and then have like um, 
I don't know, the stripes go to size something. I don't know. I'm going to make it a simple mashup. I'm not going to overcomplicate this because, unfortunately, creativity does take time. And I don't have a lot mm-hmm. of time for creativity at the moment, which is kind of what's going on with some of these other jobs. I built an American flag out of maple and uh, walnut with a cherry border. And I was going to cut the cherry logo before I found out my compressor thing was having issues uh, while we were here on the podcast. Uh, but uh, it's not working at the moment. So when I pass it to Nick, I'm probably going to run out there and get her going because, well, time is money. And I would like to get as much done tonight as humanly possible. Uh, so that way I can focus all of my attention to the shadow box that will hopefully take me only three or four days. Um, builds for these things have been getting a lot faster. And I think I was talking to um, another buddy of mine. Um, John, I, was, I was actually talking to either John. I've talked to so many people. Ron. Ron Childress from Splinter Customs uh, on IG there. I told him, like, dude, I don't know what it is, but I've been making certain things over and over, and it's literally taking me hours, maybe a day in total of work to complete jobs. Whereas before it was like, oh, it's going to take me a week. I'm running into like all the problems. <laughs> so it's been pretty nice. The shadow box thing, especially uh, making the Chevron box gave me insight into the next two Chevron boxes I'm making. Um, so that'll be, it'll be a lot quicker build there. The cork board backer thing that Nick uh, told me about rather than using that foam uh, is definitely game changing for me because I don't have to worry about warpage or anything like that with like that stupid foam. It's really just the cork, you know, the cork's pretty rigid. Um, so that part right there was the part I feared the most when it came to making those boxes. And now it's like second nature. I need more staples though. So I need to get some of those tomorrow, writing that down in my planner. Let's see. I've got an order for three of my, uh, hail gifts. So three beer mugs, uh, with three sets of coasters. Uh, which is pretty cool. I threw coasters in as a promo a while back and they're like, yeah, we like these, but let's put our logo on them and we'll order those with them now. So kind of, it worked out pretty good there. Um, I received a very interesting and very wrong, depending on who you ask, um, project. So I got an air crew helmet in my shop and Josh hates this because he's like, what the hell were they thinking? He's going to walk away now. So typically when you mount stuff like this, you would mount it in full. Uh, but they showed me a plaque that they like. Air crew helmet is like the ones that the fighter jet pilots wear type deal with the clip-on mask and all that stuff. And uh, they wanted me to mount it to a plaque. And they showed me an example. Well, the example they showed me was the whole back half of it sawn off. Now, Josh has got full-fledged ones. Now, mind you, Josh, um, that one in your hand right now is exactly the one I just cut into pieces. Uh, minus the cool visor because they have a clear visor. So for our Patreons, they get to watch this stuff. Uh, you get to see what I just cut in half, but you also see an IG, um, the, the pictures of the plaque. There's a clear one in here too. This is just a sun visor. Gotcha. Stuff. And uh, yeah, so I cut the back of it off. That was interesting. And uh, I made it flush with my Merca sander and it's ready to be mounted. The rest of the plaque is done. Yeah, that whole back piece that Josh is rounding out is gone. Um, Josh was like, that is so wrong. Like on so many levels. I was like, dude, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's what they wanted, so that's what they're getting. Um, so there's that project. It's a helicopter version for those that wonder. Dude, get out of here with your cool stuff. There is something that uh I'm gonna be getting out of though here shortly. So recently, for some reason, people seem to think that I'm a furniture refinisher or repair person. And typically minor stuff, I, I've got no issues doing that, right? Like it's glue, nails, maybe some screws. 
not that big a deal. However, the point was made that people aren't willing to pay what, what it costs to refinish, to do certain repairs and those things. And honestly, it's not my bag. Like I don't like repairing and really making furniture for all that ma- for all that matter. I, I'd rather just make cool stuff. <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with uh, area in the shop too, man. Think about it. If you had a huge shop where you could do the stuff you're currently doing, and then when you weren't necessarily doing it, you could hit on some of that. Um, Maybe one day. I, I don't. I don't think it's my bag right now. Is what I'm saying because. I'm comfortable doing what I'm doing. And maybe if there's a make what you fear later down the road, maybe furniture, but it's just not my bag right now. Like, yeah, like maybe it's, maybe it is shop size. It could be that, but it's just not my thing. But yeah. So for the time being, as people try to ask me to refinish things, I'm going to kindly tell them, uh, I don't do that sort of thing anymore. Uh, just because of the amount of time it takes and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, no matter the dollar amount they put at me, it's just not a headache. I really want to put up with anymore. Uh, not, not to sound like bougie or anything, but that's, you know, just my preference. Um, but then looking forward going into April and yes, I know looking into April because, well, I've got jobs projected hat presses and hat stands on the rise. Uh, but on the note of hat stands, and this will be my last thing before I kick it on over to you, Nick, I got a picture today of one of my hat stands. And this person that it belongs to does not, I don't think is aware of this yet, but I contacted the person that presented it to him. It's broken. Now, the stand was solid, and I gave it to the person that was presenting it. They even said this thing is solid. And the front of it looks like the lacquer was scraped up, or like they set something on it. Now, mind you, th- this is not load-bearing, okay? It's, it's for a hat, so, you know, it wasn't built to be indestructible to pounds of weight. We're talking ounces of weight. Um, and it looks like they either set something on it or drop something on it because where the, the actual top of the stand sits, um, it's glued into a recessed pocket that I made purposely to make it a little more sturdy. And it looks like it snapped this way, like it came forward on the angle, which means that tells me that A, they dropped it, or B, something was set on it and it and it popped loose. Uh, I don't know if this person noticed it or not because they didn't reach out to anybody to ask for repairs. But unfortunately, me being the person that I am and how much that bothers me, uh, I told the person that presented as a, hey, ask this person if they know it's broken because people at work identified it. And um, yeah, I can't let that fly because if it's something I didn't do, I need to figure that out. But highly unlikely uh, with the way I assemble those. But I'd rather fix it and not give anybody a shadow of a doubt on my craftsmanship. Uh, because I make those things to last and there's the only thing you could have done to break that was put too much weight on the top of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't know. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what comes of that uh, by the next episode. Uh, the next episode I will be in, um, well, I'll be getting ready to go to Disney world and then the following episode will be in Disney. So, you know, that'll be interesting. But other than that, weird man, flex, but okay. it's weird flex. I, I'm not paying for it though. Like my dad was like, we're taking your kid. Oh, and if you guys want to go with, I guess you can too. It was It's more for my son, Zane, and they want to have fun with him. Uh, they, they, we were an afterthought, which is fine. It's all good. It's all about him anyways. But uh, Nick, bro, what's going on in your shop, man? I rambled on there. I went to Dakota Hardwoods today. It was a good day. I picked up 40 board foot of walnut as well as – Jesus. Yeah. It gets expensive when you pay $8 a board foot. 
Josh is like, shut up. They've been going up. It's been going up. It was six for a while. Uh, and then I picked up, uh, I picked up probably like 12, 12, 12 board foot of, uh, mahogany. Uh, yeah. So I gotta say though, mahogany actually smells pretty good after you cut it. So yes, it does. Um, and it's not sapili. A lot of people are like, well, it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. This is African mahogany. So, uh, anyway, it's just a, uh, just been a great week i guess i've been the orders are continue to roll in i just i'm telling people like hey look it's gonna be months before you get this and they're like all good bro here's my money i'm like all right so i've got my planner filling up um doing what i can to keep keep everything uh managed like the the work the workload obviously I'm only working like four hours a night in the shop so I got to keep the workload manageable uh, for that um, or else I could just open the floodgates and take all take everybody's order you know what I mean some of the larger projects oh absolutely some of the larger projects I've had to like turn away and tell like hey go see Nap or go 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 see Josh or go wherever right um, or if you if you don't mind waiting I can. I got a guy hitting me up right now asking for some of my files. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It is what it is, man. The file thing gets kind of iffy. Yeah, you yeah, know what I'm yeah, yeah. So um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send him the file, but I'm not. I'm gonna send him the original file that I had. But I've done work on my file since. So because the original file is for for the particular logo is is trash but if you do work on it it turns out to be nice you know what i mean because mm-hmm. you actually have to go in and edit it the way you want it um i don't say it's trash but it's not optimal for cnc let's put it that way question uh, yeah. what file are you talking about talk about the phoenix it's- raven cookie oh uh, okay yeah so it's it's just one of those things this guy this guy apparently has a cnc machine and he's making something for a guy who's promoting or something. I don't know. But uh, I, I I don't feel like that. that's not my logo. It's not my logo. So, yeah. Like, I didn't build it. So, I'll just send him what I have for the original. But then, obviously, Nap and I have done some work onto this logo to get it to where it is for the rest of what we do. So that that mm-hmm. logo is under lock and key. But if this guy wants it, he's going to have to work work to get it to where he wants it. I mean, giving a foundation for him to build off is not it's not a bad. Yeah, thing. I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to tell him like you know go f yourself. Like I still want to help him, but I don't want to like the community. The Raven community is not very big. Let's put it that way. There's only like three to five thousand of them. So, but yeah. Anywho. Uh, I've got other stuff going on. I've, I've been working on wrenches for Seymour Johnson. I got, I got actually last last time when I mentioned this wrench project, they're almost done. I'll be having them out in a couple of days. But um, I got ridiculed for not making a joke about Seymour Johnson. So here it is. If if you're in the mood for some good wood, go to Seymour Johnson. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. Boom. We're going to go Seymour Johnson at Seymour Johnson. All right. So I had a telemarketer call me today, by the way. And uh, oh, they, asked, they asked me, they're like, what's your name? I was like, my first name is Barry. 
<laughs> oh man, Barry's and, back. Oh my gosh, I had to spell. I had to spell out McEnner like four times for this person because they just couldn't get it right. And so the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the <laughs> phone call, the rest of the phone call, they called me Mister Barry. But they transferred me to somebody else, and they're like, "I have a Mister Barry McEnner on the line." Excuse my language. That's hilarious. I I, t- I mentioned last time I did my taxes. That's out of the way. Thank gosh. Working on some other projects. Uh, I I've got my lumber overflowing. My racks are overflowing in the uh, the storage and in my my shop. So, like I walked into storage today to throw some lumber in there. I was like, man, I forgot about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> probably you probably should keep a, a small like inventory in your planner as to what you have. Yeah. Well, so I, I typically keep the stuff that's that's one off, like that large slab of walnut and the jatoba. I keep some paduk in there and some other stuff, but like not stuff I use regularly. But I threw all my walnut in there today just because I'm I'm not going to use it just yet. You know, I'm waiting on the package Josh mailed me to arrive of all the wood planks. Uh-huh. And, and uh, yeah, you should tell me, Josh. Yeah. Um, with that. Um. That bad day I had, right? So there's more to it, and I forgot to mention this. Uh, let me just throw <laughs> this out there. So after all that happened, I just mailed out a package to uh, Nick here with all his walnut in it, I thought. And I turned around, and there was a l- little piece of walnut. St- little? There. That thing was big. It, it was one of the panels. I forget. somehow did not make it into the original package I'd be sending out. So Nick will be getting three packages for me, um, one at my own cost because I was stupid. But um, yeah, that was that was also that day. <laughs> you know what would have been really, really um, like, what is it, um, petty? Is if you would have shipped it like in pieces, so like 10 pieces, like one of 10 packages and it like arrives at his door one after the other. <laughs> but yeah, you're going to get your, uh, your main package and then two other packages from me this week. Oh, so I can't wait to see Josh's package uh, arrive. Is that then, the first time, actually? Well, that when I was stationed at Seymour Johnson, I saw a lot of packages. But anyway, uh, moving on, we have some questions this week. I know my shop's kind of boring. It's it's an utter wreck. I, I'm just constantly shifting stuff around to like – I moved a bunch of projects out. They got mailed this week, but I'm constantly shifting and moving around and shaking so I can keep the flow of, of uh, wood moving. Shake and bake. Well, it's not the size of the wood. It's the motion of the flow of the shop. So, Josh, what are, who sent us a question here? So I, I actually have it um, ready and queued if you want yeah, me to play it there. How's it going, boys? Noel from Kuma's Workshop. So, quick CNC question. Right now... I've been, as you guys know, I've been dying to get a CNC and a CO2 laser for a while now. been trying to. Something always happens and I can't. Now it's looking like it is a thing that might happen in the near future. Really wanted a CO2 laser, but given that I already have so-so diode laser, yes, obviously it's not the same as a CO2, but at least for what I'm doing right now, it gives me way more capabilities that I used to than I had before I got it and I don't have a CNC so I'm going probably for a CNC first and then a CO2 laser anywho back to the question 
I've been looking at the Millerite and the Infinity for the longest time. Then Infinity dropped the Journeyman, which is the 48 by 32. And then Millerite followed suit and they dropped the Mega V XXL, I believe it was, which is like a 49 by 49 carving area. If y'all were the ones doing this which would which route would you go yes obviously the footprint on the mill right is bigger but like y'all say just make room and whatever which would you pick and why peace uh this is a good question so i don't have a mill right but i'm getting the onefinity and there's a reason why i'm getting the onefinity the reason why i'm getting the onefinity is because i can customize um my workbench is the way I want it. It's easier to move. It comes apart in like three pieces. They literally send it to you in three pre-assembled um, um, pieces that you can put together. Uh, I've I looked at times for setup and pretty much getting go getting to go from setup to carve. And there have been people to go like 30 minutes setup and they're carving. Uh, so if it's something you're looking at as far as getting into it immediately, I'd probably go with the Onefinity. And on top of that, to me, you can customize the Onefinity to your liking more. Now, I don't know a whole lot about Millwright, so I can't really speak too much to that. I know AJ from Crafted NJ has a Millwright. Uh, he might have more insight on that. Uh, so if you want to shoot him a DM, he might be able to help you out in that regard. But these two fellows might have more on that. But me personally, I'd go with the Onefinity uh, just because of ease of setup, especially because you're somebody that's somewhat new probably to setting up a CNC. And it'd be just probably uh, easier for the user in this case. Uh, but that's my take on it. Uh, Josh, what you got, man? So because of AJ, I'm kind of familiar with uh, Millwright a little bit more so. Um, it's a solid machine. It has done him well. He hasn't had that many issues with it. Um, he's done a couple mods to it uh, to you know facilitate what he's trying to work. But I will say he's had to do a lot less mods than I've had to do in X-Carve. Um, but I honestly think uh, between uh, the Millwright and uh, the Onefinity, you can't go wrong. Whatever which one you decide on. But that brings up a great point. You are a first-time CNC owner. You are military, and you will be moving. Plus, you have kids and like all this nonsense. Having a CNC that breaks down to three different pieces that quick, that solid, and like you can basically mod it pretty easily you can't go wrong and like you could follow suit uh later on in your journey and right here naps paving the road when it comes to modding that so he's going to have some answers and things to do not to do and uh it's it's going to be the best road i could foresee for you knowing you and knowing uh your um situation now if that was your forever home maybe the millwright would be a better off for you because, like, you don't have to move it. You know, it's in place, whatever. But um, cutting area is not always everything. There's different ways you can get past that. Um, but space, space is everything, especially when you're military. So I'll go ahead and kick that off to uh, Naples. You got something to say? I had one other thing on that, too. I, is it Millwright Rack and Pinion as well? Yes, yes. That's what I was yes. going to bring up. So you got to you, – if it's really what your personal preference is – as well, because yeah. one's rack and pinion. What's yours, ball screw? It'll be ball screw, yeah. 
Yeah, so if you like ball screw or you like rack and pinion, whatever, you know, repeatability is going to be pretty close uh, if you're looking at, you know, micro, you know, micro centimeters or micro meters. Millimeters? What's whatever the mill before, like even closer than, you know what I mean? Like fractions of a fraction sometimes when it comes to repeatability. So if you're, if you're milling aluminum, um, you know, that'd be something to look at. But if you're just looking to do wood, it is what it is, man. It's all pretty much the same. Uh, just the price might be a little different, you know? So I personally would go with the Onefinity, but that's just me because I think it's freaking cool. But uh, that and it folds up and you can roll. <clears throat> I mean, like it's easy breakdown. Uh, get up and go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Also note that you can mount it to the wall. Yes. You have tables that break down. Um, uh, I can't think of the guy's name right now. But there is a Meyer, gentleman in California. Oh, no, it's not Myers. No. Um, it's a guy with a dog. <laughs> I met him at WorkbenchCon. Um, Wobi Designs. He just bought a Onefinity and mounted it to the wall and using it that way. And uh, Which is cool it seems to be pretty <laughs> successful. Well, he has a small shop too, and he makes, you know, do what he has. Um, so, you know, check out his design or what he did. Um, it might be worth, you know, trying. I mean, I don't know if I would ever do that, but that's personal preference. I, I do got a question for Nick. Though. What do you want? Dang, all right. Uh, no, so, hey, so I, I know you're swapping your programs. You're going from, uh, what is it, Easel to Vetric. Uh, mm. what, what was, uh, Why'd you end up swapping there, bud? Or what was the, the reasoning? Uh, well, I'll tell you one thing is the price of one and the product that you get versus the price of the other and the product you get. So VCarve Pro, I have now I'm, I've been messing around with that, trying to get it. I mean, I downloaded it. I, I bought it. I downloaded it. And I don't ever have to pay another subscription fee unless I want to do the upgrades that they push, right? Um, so on that, like, so if you buy it in the 11 series, yeah, you'll get every 11 series upgrade until yeah. next year. So, yeah. So I don't have to worry about, even if, if I don't want to upgrade it, I don't have to upgrade it and I could just run with the software I have. It's not gonna, it's not gonna like lock me out. Cause I have a subscription. I don't have a subscription, but if I'm paying $230 for a subscription based CAD cam software, that's going to, you know, lock me out in a year. Um, and then I'm going to, so you're thinking like I could three years Vectric, uh, VCarve pro pay, you know, obviously equivalent of what, what they're going to charge for easel pro. Um, and I've had my fits of rage with easel a handful of times. (laughs) Well, you, for one, for one, the internet connectivity thing is a, is an issue. Um, for two, it, it does some of the, some of the G code it pushes out doesn't make sense. Like it's inefficient. Doesn't make sense to be an understatement. If you look at some of the paths this thing does, because it shows you like before yeah. you push, it simulates and it's insane. Like it will go to the top right, then to the top or bottom left, and then to the right. And it's like it doesn't make any sense. I guarantee that our car for something can re- be reduced to 20 minutes yep. if it just figured itself out. That so that one thing like I was I was cool with sticking with them if they when it was a hundred bucks or a hundred and ten bucks that's cool right but when you yeah. push when you push it up to like what was the last time I paid one twenty or something but when you bump it up another almost another hundred bucks it's almost a hundred dollars more 
I'm not, I'm not knocking like Inventables is working on it to get it to where it needs to be. But at the same time, I'm not going to pay for them to do their research and development. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I want to, I want a product that works for me right now. And VCar Pro is, I'm learning it and I've seen the result of what a lot of people can do with it. And I know that it's, it's tested and, and proven itself already. So that's what I'm going with that. I'm not going to knock Inventables. Um, and say it's a bad product. It it's a good product if you're learning. It's a great product if you're learning. But you don't even need to pay for Easel if you're learning. You need to pay for Easel Pro. But you can download Easel and mess around and do carves and not have to worry about um, you know you won't you won't be able to carve with V bits, but you'll be able to carve with just straight bits and stuff like that if you're cutting out shapes. That's where I'm at, man. So yeah, as a as a user of Vetric. Uh, vcarve pro for what the past two years now because i was using a uh, carbide create for the longest time and let me tell you oh i'm not not carbide creator they're pro either but there's very limited tools and if you're not very like uh what is it uh in the weeds of knowing that program and how to like trick it to do things it's kind of complicated especially even for the beginner user uh that's trying to do more complicated things but you know, other than shapes, kind of like you were saying, Nick. But when I jumped into Vetric VCarve Pro, the the tip I got on it, because I was going to get a Spire right out the gate. I was, just because I was like, I might as well just spend the money and do it now. But a buddy of mine, um, he told me that, hey, no, just get Vetric VCarve Pro. And I said, well, what's the difference between that and a Spire? And for our listeners out there, uh, this is very important because if you get a Spire and you have no intention of creating 3D files you're wasting your money at the time at that very point in time. If you're looking to do V carves and do shapes, do all those things and even still carve 3d with a 3d imported file, uh, you can use Vetric V carve pro. So currently I've done 3d I've imported STL files. I've been able to carve 3d. No problem. Uh, there's a couple of those things in my IG. Uh, I've been able to do advanced V carves. I've been able to do all sorts of crazy things. Uh, learned a, a crazy concept called nesting. Uh, I'm only aware of this uh, particular function maybe about six months ago. Uh, ben Warren over at Beachtown Woodworks, he actually told me about nesting. And for those of us that don't like to waste a bunch of material, that's like that's like the best thing ever because you literally set your tool diameter, the space you want between the pieces, and you can literally take a small piece of wood and cut multiple pieces um, with very minimal waste. Is that, is that like... It's nesting like docking. Oh, Lord. Kind of, but same, same, but different. But no, so Vetric VCar Pro is definitely a good program, especially even for someone that's just getting into it. Because when you just get into CNC, and this is actually for Noel as well, uh, you'll start with your base program, and eventually you're going to want to do more. Honestly, this program I was able to learn and use within 15 to 20 minutes of buying the program. Uh, it takes a couple things as far as post-processors, but that there's YouTube University for that. But I'm glad you made the switch, Nick. I can't wait until you actually start using it because that tool path thing y'all were talking about with the G-code, yeah, night and day difference. Instead of going, oh, let me go all over this piece from left to right to top to bottom. Instead, it does a continuous carve in the in the area. But another thing on feeds and speeds, when you said like an hour job to like, you know, a 30-minute job, you also need to know plunge and feed rates. 
So, but that's what I got on it. And I'm getting a phone call. I'm going to answer this real quick. Uh, Josh, do you have anything? So with that, I mean, Easel's a great intro into CNC world. There's other programs similar to it. Um, there's a, like Nick said, there's really nothing wrong with it. Nothing. If you wanted to go down that road. Uh, but um, in the end, you see a lot of people going uh, Vetric and uh, Aspire because you know what? You could take that to any CNC. Once you learn it, you learn it. So if you get a new CNC, you're not learning anything new. It's just the dimensions of your workspace might be different. Speed and feeds are better uh, associated on there and represent a closer relationship to the bits. Uh, easel is very hard to get to that due to the fact that uh, it's – it's hard to input a bit and get to the actual speed and feeds. you got to kind of step it up and whatnot. Uh, Nick can attest to this. Um, you get a new bit and you slowly work your way up in speed and feeds until you get to a point where you know your machine can handle it. And that's really, you know, there. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not going to go too much further with it. Uh, these guys pretty much nailed it. Um, I did find the question. Um, if you guys are ready to go ahead and answer that. Mm, um, I'm ready. Send it. Good. Gears and Fire um, sent me a question. It's, uh, what's our criteria to justify reaching out to a third-party maker to fulfill part of a job? Capabilities and time. If you have the if you have the capability to do it, but you don't have the time, then you can reach out to have them help fabricate some certain aspects of a project. Um, that's... I, I try to stick to doing everything myself, but there's some things I can't do. And there's some things that I don't want to do because I'll probably jack it up uh, if it's one aspect of a project, right? But if it's, I want to make sure I'm doing the majority of the project, though. But if there's certain things that I need to outsource because, A, um, I'm ill-equipped, that's fine. Like, if anybody puts any metalwork into the project, it's not going to be me. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't cut metal. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I'll find somebody who does. And it's easy. Uh, a lot of people do it. It's not ju- It's not saying taking anything away from the work you put into the project, just as long as you make sure that the person you're outsourcing for or you're subcontracting to do this portion of it is you know, making things to the quality that you would want them to make. Right? That's all I got for that. Uh, there's no shame in that. Um yeah, me and Nap do it all the time. We kick stuff back and forth to each other if we have a job that, like, hey, uh, it's going to be under my flag, but Nap's going to help out with this portion, right? Not a big deal. Anyway, go ahead. I'll be doing it for uh, probably this year for the first time, really outsourcing. Um, a couple of projects coming up, we'll have some metal work involved, some brackets and whatnot. Um, so I've been reaching out to a couple of friends I know that do metal working in the area. And uh, they're prepared to receive the estimates uh, and the sizes and stuff I'm going to need so they can give me an estimate and include that into my pricing. Um, it's new to me to go ahead and reach out to another maker to design and develop something uh, for one of my projects. But you know what? Uh, it's a growing thing. So with every business, you're going to start running into new things. And uh, you got to overcome those and learn. And uh, soon, hopefully, maybe it's going to be... Uh, Part of the process. Um, I don't have enough room in my shop to start doing metal work. If I had a bigger shop, maybe I could, uh, you know, justify learning that, getting the materials and the tools. Not, but uh, not only that. Speak to that point. Like it's dangerous to do metal work. Like you're you're shooting sparks oh, everywhere. Like you got to do that somewhere where there's not a, sh- a boatload of sawdust. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, like, you can't just do it in your workshop. But, you know, luckily I've uh, made some good friends with some makers around uh, my area. Uh, three I could think of right off the top of my head. They'll be receiving some messages from me for uh, me reaching out for, you know, like I said, those estimates. Hopefully I'm not going to be asking too much of them. It'll be easy. They can knock it out. And, uh, you know, I can go on with the project. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting year for my shop. I'm going to have a lot of different and new stuff come out, uh, things I'm not typically uh, doing. Um, you know, going to start messing with materials that I don't typically mess with. But uh, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a year of growth for North Country Woodworking. So um, I'm grateful to have uh, this community and these two gentlemen to help, you know, talk through and walk through some of the, the process and different stuff like that. Nap is a little busy right now, so we're going to go ahead and uh, continue talking about maybe some of our shops or some projects coming up until he gets back in line to answer that portion of the question. Nick, do you get anything to add about your shop or the question in general? Yeah, I want to. I want to say I, I spoke with OmTech uh, the past couple of weeks. I've been in, in contact with them for uh, a couple of different things. I want to give them a thank you and shout out for the T-shirts for each of us since we are affiliates of OmTech. Uh, but if you're looking to, you know, inquire about a, uh, a laser machine, go ahead and get a hold of us for one. For two, um, they're doing this uh, – they're doing some sort of like maker interviews for their promotions. So I got to participate in that. That was kind of cool. I don't know what's going to come of it. But um, uh, lastly, uh, we're, we're going to have them on uh, later on this month at the end of March. So – if you guys want to know more about the laser systems that they can provide, I don't know what's going on, but naps. Okay. So if you want to, if you guys want to learn more about their laser systems, um, the differences between the fiber lasers, their CO2 lasers and the different, you know, price points and all that stuff, just tune into our later episode. I think it's on the 28th is when they're on. I mean, look, I got it written down. Yeah, it's going to be on the 29th or 28th. 29th, I think. 29th is when they're going to be on. And uh, we'll have Robert Menz on and their CEO as well, which I can't recall his name, which I probably should know. But anyway. But Robert Robert is my uh, is my handler. He's the one oh, who okay. I talk to uh, on on a daily basis when I need to connect with them. So Nap's back. Yeah, so, so I just got a phone call. I had to convince the person to not recreate the wheel. And if I don't have to recreate the wheel, I can take this job on. But if I'm recreating the wheel, I told them, I was like, it's not going to happen. So I got to send them some pictures of some stuff I've done. They want like their squadron photo with a pennant hanging from it or something like that, which is not going to be too terrible. So yeah. Okay. So you worked it out, huh? Yeah. So hopefully that works out. And I can, you know, get that job. Oh, coming from the guy, coming from the guy who's like, I'm not taking any more jobs. I'm I said, full. I, I said uh, after this one, dork. <laughs> after this one. Uh-huh. And that's <coughs> the next one and the next one. But uh, while you were gone, we actually answered a question from Gears of Fire about your criteria for justifying reaching out to a third-party maker to fulfill a job. And uh, we're kind of discussing that while you were gone. Do you have anything to add? So, obviously, I didn't catch anything, so sorry if I repeat it. But the only time I'm re- the only time I'm reaching out, uh, typically, is if one, I'm over inundated with jobs. Okay, if I'm just if I have too many jobs and I can't do it, I will either a send the person to the, their way, or I'll proctor the job. They'll do it, and then you know we'll divvy up however we gotta divvy up. If it's something I don't do, like metal work, I'm gonna source that out. Weird. 
It's almost like we all mentioned that. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like Nap was listening, but he wasn't. Yeah, right. Same, same. But uh, but really, that's really it. Uh, especially if it's something I don't know how to do, because I'm not going to give within reason. A, right, within reason, because I can normally figure it out. But if it's like over the top, yeah, I'm not going to even try. Because if I try and I mess it up, and it's a piece of well, yeah, you get it. Uh, that's not going to be good for me or the customer. So, over the top, just like that Stallone movie, right? Dude, my kid is on some other stuff today. Dude, yeah, he got thumbs up, the- bro. Go watch your cartoons. Go. He got into the catnip. <laughs> he probably did. This kid's bumped like he's got like this creepy like. Yeah, Dad. I'm like, oh no! Like, what are you doing? All right, so check it out, folks. If you are looking for that wonderful aftermarket spindle kit for your CNC machine, uh, whether it be air-cooled or water-cooled, you can check out PWNCNC at pwncnc.com. Give them a look-see on the World Wide Web or check them out on Instagram. Daniel over there makes some amazing products. And for 5% off your order... You can go ahead and use promo code SAWDUSTNATION981. And that's off 5% off everything on the website. And uh, next up, I want to thank Total Boat for their continued support. Um, they make those epoxy uh, uh, dreams, I guess you could say. They fulfill epoxy dreams. Um, they've got the, uh, the Halcyon as well, which I use every day. I'm using it on this large job that I have going on with these, these wrenches for going away port. Going away plaques. Anyway, uh, if you want 10% off your order for Total Boat, slide into the Sawdust Nation podcast DMs. And uh, thanks again to Total Boat. And thank you again to our patrons. You guys are awesome. If you're going to listen to us out there and you're happening to listen to us on the Apple Podcast or any podcast catcher, it could be Spotify, it could be any of those apps out there, we're pretty much on everything. Uh, give us five stars. Uh, and if you don't give us five stars, you go ahead and tell us why you're not giving us five stars. We can give you the content that you deserve. Uh, but also on that, this is a podcast for you. So if you want to hear stuff or ask us questions, make sure you ask us those questions. And on that, Josh, how do you get a hold of us to do that? I'm glad you asked there, Nap. But you can get a hold of us on Instagram, all three of us on the Sawdust Nation podcast page. And we could just go ahead and answer any kind of questions you have. It might be Nap, Nick, or I answering, but you'll get some kind of answer. If you want to reach us individually for whatever reason, you can go ahead and reach Nick from MPG Creations. Nap from Naps Naughty Works LLC or myself, Josh from North Country Woodworking. And then you got the Gmail account as well, where you can send voicemails, almost like Kumo. Send us a voicemail for the podcast, your latest project, or any kind of questions that you have through there. And that's at Sawdust Nation Podcast at gmail.com. So we're looking forward to hearing the questions you have or the topic ideas that you might come up with. And with that, let's go with final word. All right. So final words. Whew. Yeah, it's like, like he, I've done this a million times prepared. before. No, no, he yeah, wasn't ready. Prepared. I wasn't ready. Hey, but seriously, uh, over and over and over again, we say this, uh, the whole community of a competition deal. Uh, we're here to help you, uh, but also uh, hoping that you help uh, later on in the future because that's what builds the community is that we keep passing on the information that we have. Uh, well, other than that, take care of each other, folks. Don't lose your mind in your shop if things break, Josh. And, uh, you know, reach out to people because maybe they can help you. And if they can't, well, you might have to go to the source. Other than that, that's all I got. Take care of each other, folks. Nick. All right. Take care of yourselves and each other. And remember, folks, mermaids only wear seashells when they grow out of their bee shells.
Josh. I like seafood. Hey, thank you for joining us on this 90th episode. Uh, we do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us rant and rave about the shops, what's going on, answer the questions. Nap always hits the Maker Community Project, but I want to hit on it real quick. If someone helps you, help two other people. If you could do that, think about the other people that you're going to help. And if they help two people and then someone else helps two people, it's just going to grow. And it's going to help a lot of different people out there just be better makers. And that's what this whole podcast has been about, is trying to help you guys by learning from our mistakes, the stuff we're doing. And even some of the techniques that we develop and some of the uh, stuff we're working with as well. So thank you for turning us on in the morning while you're making your coffee on your way to work, at work, in your shop, in your yard, or wherever you listen to us. We definitely appreciate it. Go ahead and spread the word. And uh, with that, Sawdust Nation signing off, not for the last time, but for this time. Oh, my gosh. Well, hey, uh, also, uh, do you guys know what the difference is between an oral and a rectal thermometer? The taste, the taste. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, that's just (laughs) nasty.